You're listening to the New Life Church Podcast, where we are passionate about helping you connect to your God-given purpose. To learn more about New Life Church, including our service times in Canton, Georgia, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. Well, we're in our final week of our, of our series called Stories that we do every year, the power of testimony, reflecting on God's goodness and grace through testimony, through stories, through personal lives. Um, we're too big to hand the mic around and do a testimony service. Uh, uh, you know, we've all been in, probably a lot of us have been in those, and those can be very powerful. We're just too large for that, but this is the way we do that, because testimony is important. Somebody say Amen. We're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We've had two powerful weeks so far, and we're going to end on a powerful week. Uh, our, Our guest today is not a guest at all. He's been a part of New Life for years and years and years, and he's got an incredible testimony. Would you welcome Doug Moyer to the stage right now? Come on, Doug. It's a mic right there. Wanted to stay there, didn't it? <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Amen. Well, Doug has had quite the year. Just yeah, he's hey, anybody could be up here. He's a little nervous, and but he's also, I believe, full of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Spirit of God is on him right now. I can sense it. He's he needs to share this story, and I can't wait for you to hear all that God has done in his life. But let let me pray right now. Let's just pray over Doug in this story and this time because um, I want the Holy Spirit to minister, don't you? Through him. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you so much for my brother. Thank you, Lord, for the story. Uh, Thank you for the testimony of your grace and your goodness, Lord, that you have so obviously shown in his life and through what he has been through. And God, I pray right now that you would speak through him and just calm his nerves and just give him a peace, Lord, as he shares this amazing story that you gave him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Doug, before we get to that part, maybe just let us know, you know, uh, how how did you come to Christ? What's your testimony in that regard? So, uh, when I was little, we, we had church, we went to church, um, and I was in a pretty abusive home, so I got an old saying, I I had a lot of rabbit in me, so I got out of it and I ran, and I kept on running, kept on running, kept on running, wound up in the system, and still in a Christian home for some reason. And had a problem with authority, had a problem with uh, people telling me what to do, and still had a lot of rabbit in me, so I ran. And um, fast forward a couple of years, I joined the military and went overseas and figured I had a license to just do whatever I want to do now. I can, I can go buck wild and nobody can tell me what to do, so... Uh, for 13 years, I did that, and one day my uh, my phone rings, and it's somebody that I grew up with, uh, actually my wife now, and uh, invited me to come back to the States. 
So I came back, visited, and I never left. Uh, stayed here, so I didn't go to Christ. I didn't want nothing to do with Christ. Um, we were dating. Um, I had a job at a lumber yard unloading logging trucks. And one day, sitting in, sitting in, the, in the loader, and it, it just, the, the truck stopped coming. So I sat there and sat there. And, and then all of a sudden, I started writing down my life story. And I started pinpointing the areas that God had helped me out and, you know, walked me through things. And it was on that day, it was uh, December in 1994, that uh, I prayed the prayer and asked Christ into my life. Amen. You were out of, I didn't, I didn't, I'm learning something. I didn't realize you were out of the country for 13 years. I was, yeah. Wow. Where was that? Germany. Germany. Yeah. Man. Well, you've been here at New Life for longer than, than, than Kathy and I have, uh, probably quite a bit longer. Um, how did you end up at New Life? Or is this where you were when you came back to the States? Or tell us, how, tell, mm. us, tell us that. So we lived in, um, the job I had was in West Point, Mississippi. Um, from there, we moved to Memphis. Uh, lived in Memphis for about 10 years. And wow. then uh, my wife's mother had developed uh, breast cancer down here. She was living down here with her sister. So we came down here to help, and we haven't left since. Um, I was working for a construction company doing a, a remodel job in, in Morrow, and Paula was wanting to get into the church, and, and there again I had drifted and was, you know, kind of dead. And I said, well, just go find someplace. I don't care, whatever. I was working nights. It didn't matter, and I'd sleep during the day, so I didn't have to go. Um, so she found New Life Church when it was yeah. New Life Church. We had about 32 people here, I think. Was it South Canton at that time? Or it was, was it? South Canton. Yeah, church South Canton, Church of God. Yeah, and uh, she found it. She said, this is where I want to go to church, and we've been here since. So that was uh, 18 years ago. 18 years? 18 years wow. ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, when I first came, or the, the, the next year, I, I, Kathy and I celebrate our seventh year this month. Yeah, and um, I think it was the very next year that I was here, Doug went with me to the country of Panama. I, I pulled him out in the jungle. <laughs> we had a, quite a mission trip, him and a few other guys. That was just powerful. And that's when I got to know Doug really well. And just was, he was, if there needed to, if something needed to be done, and on a mission trip, that's kind of a constant, especially one that, that's rugged like this one was. He was, uh, what, just to, for instance, this is just coming to my mind. We were on the, the, the river in the middle of the jungle going to a village, far-reaching village, and the water was down the time of year where the water was down. So we kept getting stuck. The boat kept getting stuck. It had a motor, but it just kept getting stuck and getting on sandbars. And every single time... It, before anybody could even move, Doug was out of the boat in the water, pushing the boat off the sandbar. And, you know, as we're looking around, we're seeing alligators and things, and he's just oblivious and, and just pushing the I mean, that's the kind of man he is. He's a server. How many were here for the gifts? 
class, the spiritual gift. He's a classic, classic server. The first one to do anything with his hands and just serve. And uh, God has used him. That's powerful. So in early December 2021, so this past December, you tested positive for COVID. Um, you had not been worried about it as many as, you know, many people weren't. Some, some were extremely afraid and, and every right to be. Everybody handled it different, right? Um, it just, you know, you were like, yeah, whatever. And, and you, you contracted uh, COVID. You were diagnosed with that. What were your thoughts in the first few days there of the diagnosis and what was happening to your body? Yeah, so um, we were actually up there working on your house when... Uh, oh, the sorry, parsonage. Sorry to tell you now, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I had it in January. No, I'm just kidding. I... Um, Ray, our plumber, he looked at me and he said, man, you, you're sick, dude. Go home. And I did. Um, so, yeah, I went home, um, woke up the following morning, and my oxygen was down to about 50, so... Um, crackling real bad when I breathed. So we got up, went to the hospital, um, and they immediately took me in the back and laid me out, and I was, uh, I was pretty much out of it for about a week. Didn't really know what was going on. Um, the next couple of weeks were just kind of a blur. So, yeah. So as your health deteriorated, you weren't getting better. Mm-mm. Uh, I've had it twice. I know probably many people have, have had it more than once at least. Um, I didn't have that experience. Now, the first time was pretty rough for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time, it was a 24-hour thing, and I didn't even test. I know this is what it was. I just kind of shut down for a day, and then I moved on. That just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And um, you got worse and worse and worse. Uh, yeah. So what did you do at that point as, it, as you continued to deteriorate? Well... You didn't do much of anything. Didn't do much of anything. I couldn't do much of anything. Um, I laughed at COVID for like three years. I thought it was just a big hoax. And really, you know, it was stupid on my part. But um, I didn't think, I thought it was invincible. I'm never going to get, I hadn't been sick in 30 years, ever. Um, cuts and bruises and stitches and stuff like that. But never anything that would put me down. Yeah. Um, this one put me down. And about three weeks into it, I couldn't, I couldn't sit up, I couldn't stand up, I couldn't move. Um, I had the Delta. Which they are saying is the, the most dangerous with, of all the strains. With pneumonia uh, mm-hmm. to boot. So uh, pretty much lost half my lung capacity at that point. And they were trying to get me to lay on my stomach, lay on my side, lay on the other side, sit up. And, and uh, the only thing I could do was sit. I couldn't lay on my stomach, couldn't lay on my side long enough. So. And you weren't walking? You weren't? I was, I was tied to too many things. I couldn't walk. I couldn't get up. I couldn't, you know, so, yeah. This is the point nice. in so many stories where people continue to go down, go on the respirator, and mm-hmm. pass away. How many have, I mean... It could have so easily, you know, it, it just blows my mind that you were that bad. Yeah. Um, now, you told me privately 
that you had some special caregivers there at Cherokee. And, I did. Um, why were they special? What, what was special about them? So I have one nurse in particular. She was, uh, she's from Kenya. And she was like everybody's mom on the floor. And my feet were really swelled up from blood clots that comes with COVID. And uh, she would come in there and she'd say, oh, let me get you some hot blankets and some pillows. And she'd prop my feet up. And, and one night she... Um, She propped my feet up, and uh, next thing I know, she's laying hands on my lungs and on my forehead, and she's, it's not English. Yeah. But she's, uh, she's letting it go, and I mean, she's praying, I'm praying, she's crying, I'm crying, um, and a piece just fell over the room. Mm. Uh, and that's when uh, that's when I started looking more towards okay I'm going to make it through this instead of why why yeah. am I in here right what did I do um, isolation is a pretty weird thing so yeah would you agree that just came to when you said isolation and maybe the thoughts here as well, that maybe isolation and, and the, when you, when we had COVID, we had to quarantine and all of that. Was that maybe in the yours was extreme. Was that possibly one of the worst parts of the whole thing? Probably the worst part. Um, if I didn't have a window in my room, I think I would have probably lost it. Um, I would, they would always try to close the shades on your door and I'd, I'd fight that, leave that door open, you know, yeah. leave the shades open so I can see. What well, figured they was not wanting me to see because there were several people that didn't make it. Right. And they rolled them out. I mean, they got no other way to go but down the hall. And I, I began to wonder, is that why they keep my shade down? Because I refused the ventilator. I refused medications and left it up to Jesus, mm. you know. You said the peace of God as she was praying fell and that made the difference mm -hmm. and changed your perspective. It did. Now we haven't rehearsed this or talked, you know, I'm learning things as well as we're going. Um, next service will be a little different, obviously, but I feel like I need to, to just reiterate to you guys, the peace of God makes all the difference. And it, it, the word says the peace that passes understanding, which means it doesn't make sense in the circumstance that you're in, because all around you hasn't really changed. The circumstance hasn't really changed, but the peace of God changes your heart, your mind, your perspective about the circumstance and enables you to walk through it with him and his grace. The peace of God that passes all understanding. And also the scripture says it will guard your heart. It will guard. I think of a, of a century, you know, a, a guard. Stand guard at your heart. That's so powerful.
Well, this nurse, obviously, she was a believer, and, and, and she, really, she really helped you. Yeah, and, and I'm not the only one. It's, oh, I'm sure. I just thought of this. You know, Debbie DeBecary, that also goes to church here, was in the hospital with COVID. And I remember. the same nurse. Oh, wow. Stopped by her room and prayed for her, too. So it's, she's on the move like that every day. You know, a nurse, a doctor, they call it a ministry, even in the secular world, right? It's a ministry. And if you're working in, in, in that field, even, even those that, that don't know the Lord are ministering mm -hmm. and healing, right? But coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit and someone who's alive in Christ, the difference it made is just unbelievable. So if you're in that field and you're, you're carrying, you, you know Jesus, God is using you. You may not even see it or know it, but he is using you. And I commend you for that ministry that God has given you in that hospital, in that doctor's office, wherever it is. And I, I think it carries over to teachers in the classroom. Even my wife's a teacher with, with children. She's in the public school. She can't open a Bible. She can't do those things. But God can work through her with a hug. God can work through her in a math problem. I don't know how. That's a miracle, a miracle of God. But he can. And I'm just telling you, I want to encourage you, if you work with the public in any fashion, even in the secular environment, and, and you're, you're, you can't say specific things to break the law, but God can use you anyway. And then you could just be like her and just start speaking in tongues and, and you know, but she asked your permission later. She asked forgiveness later and you were like, no, no, no. She did. She actually asked me, she said, I'm so sorry. I forgot to ask you if uh, you, was okay. you would mind if I prayed for you. And you were like, oh, I don't keep like, can bring it on. <laughs> Praise the Lord for her. She was like an angel. Amen. Um, so after three weeks, now you had the wonderful experience with her and other caregivers, but the doctors weren't so optimistic. Um, what was their message to you after three weeks, kind of over and over again and again? Three more weeks. I had one pulmonary doctor, um, and we've since become pretty good friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, every day he walked in, he would say, three more weeks. And it was based on my oxygen level, what I was taking in and and I would get my oxygen level down to about 70%. And then I'd go into a breathing episode and it'd spike it right back to 100. Mm -hmm. So it was like, once you get it down, you're, you're on your way out of there. But they jack it back up. They take their time about bringing it back down. So you're stuck for another. Well, his thing was every day was, it's going to be three more weeks. And so, well, you said that last week, three more weeks. That's all he would say. Mm. So it really was all about the oxygen and, and what, what you could do on your own and what you needed help doing. Well, the day before I got out, the doctors, three pulmonary doctors walked in and they said, we've done all we can do for you. That's wow. it. And um, fake news is over, was her words. So basically, she had no, they had no idea what they were. I mean, it's a new, it's only three years old. Yeah. Every, every case is different. Every test is different. Every person is different. Yeah. So you're just a test bunny. So 
tell us about what it would take for you to go home in that condition and how the Lord provided in that situation. So I'm on 24 liters, high flow oxygen, can't breathe without it. Um, to go home, you're supposed to be on three liters. You were on 24. I'm on 24. They walk in and say, we don't know what we're going to do. We can get you one high flow machine. Well, we started making phone calls. And, and you needed how many? I needed three. Because they ran out too quickly. No, they, they actually, they work in your home. You, you plug them in and they right. recirculate the oxygen in your home, but they only go up to 10 liters. So I needed 24. So you That's needed three. Okay. So I needed three. Working in unison. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so what happened? So we made some phone calls. Um, one of the nurses was able to talk to one of the oxygen companies. And we got it all worked out and God provided mm. and sent us on. So how long were you actually in the hospital from beginning to end? 44 days. 44 days, six De weeks. December 7th through Christmas, through New Year's, through my birthday, through, yeah, it was good times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and while you, during the COVID period, you, nobody could really see you. And, and so that isolation and all of that. Yeah. So getting home, you think I'm home free, mm -hmm. but you weren't home free. I mean, mm -hmm. you were at home, but that wasn't the end of the struggle. So tell us about those first few weeks at home and maybe how your family jumped in and, and how that went. So that was really about the start of the work process. Um, still couldn't walk. Uh, took six steps the day that I left the hospital and that was to get in the wheelchair uh, with help. Um, sat on the couch. Um, if you can imagine, I've got, I've got, you've been there got a couch here. I've got probably 30 feet to the bathroom and three machines that have to be moved with me in a wheelchair. And the, the machines are on rollers. They plug in. You got to unplug them, plug them back in. When you unplug them, your oxygen stops. I freak out. I mean, probably shouldn't have, but I did. And that makes your levels go up higher and it makes it harder to breathe. Mm. And or actually it makes your levels go down. So I've got my wife, I've got my daughter, unplugging machines, rolling them over, getting me into the bathroom, and then it's a two-hour process. Anywhere from one to two, depending on what you got to do. Process. <laughs> to use the bathroom. Sorry. <laughs> but you get the point. I, we get it. Uh, a two-hour process. To use the bathroom. That was a all hands on deck. It was. That was another three weeks worth of. Another three weeks of that. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, my wife is dealing with her COVID at the same time. She fared a little better. Yeah. Well, I came during that period of time, that three week period of time when you were on all the tubes and the oxygen and everything. I came. I was finally able to visit. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it was shocking to see you. You're a man's man. Mm -hmm. Construction, 
military, hands-on carpenter, you know, and, you know, big, strong guy. And the man that it, greeted me there, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. How many, how much weight did you lose? 50 pounds. 50 pounds. Yeah. Um, food went real good at the hospital. Huh? The food was food went real good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Could have had something to do with what you went through, but uh, um, so I was shocked, trying not to show it, right? And just sat and listened to you talk and cough and talk and cough about what. But but you weren't you weren't talking about what was me. It wasn't about, oh, I, I don't know, understand why I had to go through this. This is horrible. The worst thing I've ever been. Never came out of his mouth. It was all about what the Lord had taught him mm-hmm. and how the Lord had been faithful through this. Yeah. And you had some amazing takeaways instead of thinking about why, which is human, which I know had you dealt with that as no, well. I dealt with that, yeah. But give us some of those takeaways that God taught you during this horrific event. So my reading time had become very important to me. Um, My devotional time had become very important to me. Prayer time had taken on a huge, different look. Yeah. Um, Even Stephanie... Uh, oldest daughter, she said, it has been years. <clears throat> Since I've heard my dad pray out loud. Years. So, um, learn not to be a rabbit. The tortoise always wins. That was one that I learned in the hospital. Um, you take off and you jump and try new things and you, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this thing. Take it slow. Yeah. That's a hard thing for me to do. I'm, I'm all in, but you have to learn, take your steps. There, there's more, but mine's blank. So I understand. So what I'm hearing is your relationship with, with the father went to a whole nother level. It did. It may be a couple levels. Yeah. You began praying in the spirit again. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Um, praying out loud, reading the word, and you learned the importance of patience. Oh, Lord. <laughs> How many could... Love is patient. That's the first one. Why does it have to be the first one? All right. God loves us so much mm-hmm. and loves you so much that he allowed this to happen. Yeah. As James says, to build our faith, build our perseverance. Yeah. But you chose to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through that nurse. You chose to receive the peace of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we can reject it. That's where free will comes in. God will not force that. He won't force his grace on you. He won't force his gift of salvation to you. He will not force his peace or his love on you. 
We have free will to receive or to reject. And you received. And you have been blessed. Yeah. And you have a story. Yeah. When I was there that day, I told you. Mm -hmm. I told you, get ready, you did. didn't I? Yeah, you did. said, you're going to tell this story. And I prayed about this series and I said, it's time. And I gave you a call and I thank you so much for being willing to get uncomfortable, to be up here in front of people sure. to share God's grace, his mercy, his goodness. He, he spared your life because a lot of good people did go on to meet the Lord. Amen. I knew several for whatever reason and for, but for whatever reason, he spared your life. Yeah. But I believe part of that is to share this story of his goodness, his grace, his mercy on you and in you and the difference he's made in your life. Never want to leave without scripture, without, without, a, without a word. Share with us right now maybe something that God has put in your heart during this season, a, a, a scripture. So it's one that I've carried with me um, ever since day one. It's always been my, my only scripture that, not, not the only one, but the right. one that I, I jump on every time. And that's Isaiah 40, 31. That's it. Those who wait on the Lord, there's that shall renew their patience. Mm -hmm. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run. Not be weary. And you couldn't even walk. You couldn't even get up out of the bed. But you knew, you knew that God was able to, to lift you up out of that hospital bed and restore you, to heal you, that one day you could run and not be weary and walk and not faint. That's right. Hallelujah. Anything else you want to leave? Even when everybody else gives up on you. I had um, physical therapy gave up on me. They came to my house two or three times and... Uh, I said, we can't do anything else for you. Hospital gave up on me. Physical therapy gave up on me. They said, you're on too much oxygen. We can't do, I can't do exercises. I can't teach you how to walk. I can't teach you any of this stuff. So we just flat got mad and said, we're going to do it our own. Amen. And my wife became the drill sergeant. <laughs> I, I can see that, I Paula. became the soldier. <laughs> I can and, see uh, that. Within a week, we were down to six liters. And I was, uh, I was walking, not, not a lot, but I was walking. Uh, within two weeks, I was doing stairs. Within three weeks, uh, things were starting to look better. Uh, and then that next month, I went to work. Yeah. Doug, I really appreciate you being willing to get out of your comfort zone um, and share this story, this amazing miracle of God. He spared your life, and I know he's going to continue to use it for his glory. Can we give it up for Doug? Come on. If you were challenged and are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you find us. 
To experience other messages, videos, and live events, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. And again, thank you for listening to the New Life Church Podcast.